Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And by the grace of God, we have done 29 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen from uh, the book of Genesis, where we started from, you can find all these on all our podcast platforms. You can find them on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, you name it, you'll find it all there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you even as you listen, because, like we always say here, there's no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. To everybody who wants God to speak to them, he will come out and he will indeed speak to you. So, you go ahead, you check out on those platforms, and uh, I believe the Lord shall speak to you as you listen. Now, today, we want to start on the book of Amos. And uh, these are short books, and uh, pretty soon we'll be concluding the Old Testament. So, uh, today we want to continue with the book of Amos. Just by saying the words of Amos, who was among the ship herders from Tekoa, which he envisioned in the visions concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. Now, some things here to highlight that are being brought out um, concerning Amos. Firstly, he's in the period of um, the kings of Judah and Israel, respectively. Yeah, and uh, what we are brought, what is brought to our attention here, is the fact that he is a man of the field. He's a man who is a herdsman, what you would call a herdsman. And in uh, Amos seven fourteen, there's reference given for him. He says, "Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son." But I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. He was the normal basic man. Hmm? Wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a son of a prophet. Here he's giving us his background. And this gives us a picture on who God can use. Because sometimes you, you think you do not qualify to be used by God. But God can use anybody. God can, if God decides to use you, he will use you. It doesn't matter what rank you are. It doesn't matter what job you do. It doesn't matter whether you went to the highest school. Uh, right now, this man is a herdsman. Hmm? He, there were other fancy positions in his time. There were other professions in his time. But God chooses one who is out there in the field and says, this is the one I'm going to use to be a prophet. He was not a prophet. He was not a son of a prophet that he had been taken through the ranks. No. He comes from the lowest that you might call, yeah, the ones who sleep at the at at, at out there with their sheep at night, protecting them. Yeah, they are hit by the rain, they are hit by the the coldness at night. That is Amos that you're talking about here. That's who he was. So God can use you, and uh, for you who might think that you're far from the grace of God, you're far from the blessing of God, you're far from the anointing of God, in whichever position you, you're in, remember Amos, and say, if this man who was out there in the field, taking care of sheep, God picked him out and used him, then he can use me too. Yeah? 
So he's not a favored uh, man in his position, but God has picked him out as a prophet to the nations. And he says, this vision he gets happens two years before the earthquake. This earthquake is uh, mentioned also in the history, yeah? When uh, you get into history of um, disasters that have happened. This happened 750 BC. It's even recorded in uh, some of the documents that talk about natural disasters, one of the worst that the world has ever seen. Of course, the Middle East region has lots of earthquakes, but this one was a mega one, yeah? And it's spoken of. When you check history, uh, when you check natural disasters, it it checks out because Amos talks about it here, and in reality, it actually did happen. So he says he gets this vision two years before this earthquake. He said, the Lord draws from Zion. And from Jerusalem he utters his voice, and the shepherds' pastures, pasture grounds mourn, and the summit of the camel dries up. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Damascus. Now this is judgment going to the neighboring nations. Yeah, And it's coming through Amos. He's being told about judgment for the other nations. For three transgressions of Damascus and for four. Damascus is Syria that they are talking about. Yeah. For three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not revoke its punishment. Why? What did Syria do? Because they threshed Gilead with implements of sharp iron. So I will send fire upon the house of Hazael, and it will consume the citadels of Ben Hadad. I'll also break the gate bar of Damascus. Yeah. He says he will destroy their fortresses. Yeah. And, and cut off the inhabitant of the valley of Aven and him who holds the scepter from Bethedon. So the people of Aram will go exiled to Ka, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. So now that is judgment going out to Damascus, all to Syria. Syria is a neighbor to Israel. Yeah, And uh, this, they have their punishment ready for them because of what they did. Yeah, Then it goes ahead for three transgressions of Gaza and for four. I will not revoke its punishment. Gaza now, it's time for Gaza. What did Gaza do? Because they deported an entire population to deliver it up to Edom. So I will send fire upon the wall of Gaza and it will consume her citadels, yeah, her fortresses, her mighty places. Yeah, I will also cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod and him the scepter from Ashkelon. I will even unleash my power upon Ekron. And the remnant of the Philistines will perish. The Philistines, that is where Goliath Goliath comes from and mostly where we saw Samson fight most. Those are the Philistines. Now he says even those few Philistines that are left, those remnants of the Philistines, they shall perish. They shall not remain because of what they did, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. He goes ahead with now another... Uh, judgment for three transgressions of Tyre and for four, now it's Tyre. I will not revoke its punishment. Why? Because they delivered up an entire nation population to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. So I will send fire upon the wall of Tyre and it will consume her citadels. Thus says the Lord. So Tyre also has its judgment set for it. Then it goes ahead for three transgressions of Edom and for four. I will not revoke its punishment because he pursued his brother with a sword while he stifled his compassion. Of course, when you're talking Edom, you're talking Esau. Yeah, these come from 
him. And they pursued their brother with a sword. That's the reason. Yeah, they attacked. They were not good friends to Israel. Of course, we know that we've read about that. While he stifled his compassion, his anger also tore continually. We are told about Edom. They were not good friends with Israel. They they kept uh, being a menace to them. Yeah, so he says, and he maintained his fury forever. So I will send fire upon Teman, and it will consume the citadels of Bozra. Thus says the Lord. He continues now. For three transgressions of the sons of Ammon, and for four, I will not revoke its punishment. Now it's Ammon. Because they ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to enlarge their borders. So I will kindle a fire on the wall of Rabbah. And it will consume her citadels amid war cries of the day of battle and a storm on the day of tempest. Their king will go into exile and he and his princes together, says the Lord. So the Ammonites also have their judgment that has been set out for them. Now he continues and says, that says the Lord, for the transgressions of Moab and for, for I will not revoke its punishment. What did Moab do? Because he burnt the bones of the king of Edom to lime. So I will send fire upon Moab, and it will consume the citadels of Kerioth, and Moab will die amid tumult. We war cries and the sound of a trumpet. I will also cut off the judge from her midst and slay all her princes with him, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. This is judgment that is going out to all other nations. It doesn't matter whether those nations worship God or not. Whether they decided as a nation that we shall have another God to worship. The only God that is meant to be worshipped is the almighty God. So all these other nations are part of judgment. Whether they serve the God of Israel or not. Because he expects them to serve him anyway. So for a nation to go ahead and claim that they have a different God does not save them from judgment. It will come. It will come to them and this we see through what is being spoken to Amos. Yeah? He goes ahead to now his own. For three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will, renot, I will not revoke its punishment. Why? What did Judah do? That one we've always talked about here. Because they rejected the law of the Lord. The punishment or the judgment to Judah comes because they rejected the law of God. He told them how to live. He told them how to handle themselves. He told them through his word, this is what I demand of you. They rejected the law of God and have not kept his statutes. Their lies have also led them astray. Those after which their fathers walked, so I will send fire upon Judah. And it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem. Of course, this uh, uh, Amos is speaking before the captivity of Judah. But yes, we see later that after their captivity, their cities are burnt down. Jerusalem is burnt down, the citadels are burnt down, and uh, everything about them, even the temple is burnt down by Nebuchadnezzar when he comes. So this comes to pass that we know. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel now, they're talking about Israel. Remember you have Judah, which has the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Then you have the northern kingdom, which has the ten tribes of Israel. And these ones also have their punishment coming for them. Yeah, Why? Because they sell the righteous for money, and the needy for a pair of sandals, these who pant after the very dust of the earth and on the head of the helpless also turn aside the way of the humble. 
Yeah, these ones don't care about the needy. And a man and his father resort to the same girl. They even go ahead, uh, a son and their father having the same woman for a wife. Yeah, in order to profane my holy name, on garments taken as pledges, they stretch out beside every altar. And in the house of their God, they drink the wine of those who have been fined. Yeah, yet it is I who destroyed the Amorite before them. Though his height was like the height of cedars. He's saying, I'm the one who has been there for these people. That's what God is saying. Though their enemy was strong, he's saying, and he was strong as the ox. I even destroyed his fruit above and his root below. It was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt. He's reminding them. Remember, guys, you are in trouble. I'm the one who picked you out of Egypt. I led you in the wilderness 40 years that you might take possession of the land of the Amorite. Then I raised up some of your sons to be prophets and some of your young men to be Nazarites. It's talking to Israel here. Yeah, remember Nazarites were those set apart for the work of God. Oftentimes, they never used to cut their hair. They also were not supposed to test wine or any strong drink. And here he says, Is this not so, O sons of Israel? But you made the Nazarites drink wine. You saw the set apart. And you, you would encourage them to drink and get high. yeah. And he commanded the prophets saying, You shall not prophesy. When my prophets want to speak, you threaten them, bring armies upon them, arrest them, put them in jail. Because you didn't want them to speak. He's saying this is what Israel did. The list of Israel is quite long here hmm? when they are talking about what Israel did. Behold, I am weighted down beneath you. As a wagon is weighted down, when filled with sheaths, flight will perish from the swift, and the stalwart will not strengthen his power. Nor the mighty man save his life. He who grasps the bow will not stand his ground. The swift of foot will not escape, nor will he who rides the horse save his life. Even the bravest among the warriors will flee naked in that day, declares. The Lord he says, when judgment has come, no one shall run. When it's time for judgment, you will not escape. He tells them clearly. Chapter 3. Hear this word which the Lord has spoken against you, sons of Israel. Against the entire family which he brought up from the land of Egypt. You only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. There were many to choose from. By the way, it's not clear and it's not obvious and it's not... It wasn't a must that it was Israel to be chosen. No. God made a decision and says, let me choose Israel. He would have chosen Syria. He would have come to Africa and chosen a tribe. He could have chosen Egypt. He could have chosen any. But he made a decision and said, I will choose Israel. That that is a nation through which I will go through. That is a nation through which I'll start my influence here on the earth for salvation of mankind. So he chose them. He determined and said, these are the ones I am choosing. Yeah, Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. All the earth is the Lord's. He would have made a decision on who to pick. He chose Israel. He says, if you are good with me, if you obey me, then you'll be special. From all the rest, you'll be special. That's what he told them. 
Now says, therefore, I'll punish you for all your iniquities. I'll punish you because I chose you. And when you've been chosen, and he's the father, then he'll punish you the best way he knows, the best way he sees, because that is um, how he will bring some order for you. Yeah? And he says, Romans chapter 2 verse 9, Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil. Of the Jew first, and those of the Gentile. Because he, they are his. He chose them. They are the ones to get punishment first. Then the Gentile will get. So here it says, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Because I chose you among all nations. You are the first. So you receive punishment first. Then the rest get it. Yeah, It's just like in a household. yeah, Where, where, where the parent comes and has their children. And maybe others or... He will always punish their child first before the rest come next because he has special interest in you. So Israel was of special interest. And he says, do two men walk together unless they've made an appointment? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Yeah. Does a young lion growl from his den unless he has captured something? Does a bird fall into a trap on the ground when there is no bait in it? Does a trap spring up from the earth when it captures nothing at all? If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not people tremble? If a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? Huh. That is a very strong one here. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. We are told here, that there is nothing that can happen on the earth. There is nothing that can be done unless God has revealed it to somebody, to a prophet. Unless God has revealed that which is coming to a prophet, it cannot happen. Now, John chapter 15, verse 15 says, Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. yeah. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Jesus here was saying that you're my friends and everything that I've learned from the Father I have told you. yeah. It's communication that has gone out to his friends, to his people. Now, these uh, servants of God, these are prophets and God clearly says for everything that will happen, you will have to know it. And we have prophets today. There are people who speak. There are people who God has picked. And he, they are his prophets. And he tells them of the things that are to come. And we, we get information. Sometimes we trash it. But we have received this information of that which is to come by the prophets. Of course, there are those who are false. There are those who just... Uh, by the way, there are some even who use spiritual other spiritual powers. Worldly spiritual powers to tell and foretell what is going to come. But for this specifically, God is saying... That I am my prophets, these are my servants, and I have secret counsel. I reveal to them things that are going to happen on the earth. Just like I'm doing for Amos right now. And he says, the lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Proclaim on the citadels in Ashdod and on the citadels in the land of Egypt and say, assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria and see the great tumults within her and the oppressions in her midst, but they do not know how to do what is right, declares the Lord. 
these who hold up violence and devastations in their citadels. Thus, therefore, thus says the Lord God, an enemy, even one surrounding the land, will pull down your strength from you and your citadels will be looted. Your strong places, your fortresses shall be looted. He's telling Israel. Yeah? An enemy is coming to lay you bare. That's practically what he's telling Israel here. That says the Lord. Just as a shepherd snatches from the lion's mouth a cup of legs and a piece of an ear. Yeah? Of course, uh, this is a case. Uh, we looked at it when we were looking at how shepherds... Uh, take care of their flock, that when a lion comes to steal one of their sheep, yeah, they will come out and they will fight for its defense. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 34 tells us, and David said to Saul, your servant keep, kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of its mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote, slew him. He's talking about a lion. This was not um, something that was done by David alone, no. But all people, all old shepherds had that skill of fighting a lion. So they are being referred to here in Amos uh, chapter 3 verse 12. That just as a shepherd snatches the lion's mouth, from the lion's mouth a cup of legs or a piece uh, of, of an ear. That is of their animal that is being eaten by a lion. It was a habit for the herdsmen. They had to know how to fight and protect their animals. So, will the sons of Israel dwelling in Samaria be snatched away? With the corner of a bed and the cover of a couch, hear and testify against the house of Jacob, declares the Lord God, the God of hosts, for on the day that I punish Israel for their transgressions, God is saying, I will also punish the altars of Bethel. The horns of the altars will be cut off and they will fall to the ground. I will also smite the winter house together with the summer house. The houses of ivory will also perish and the great houses will come to an end. Declares the Lord. All those places that they used to worship, yeah, and worship other gods from, he says, I will bring down. Chapter 4. We shall close with this one today. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy. God is always concerned about the poor, about the needy. He has deep interest in those people, the poor and the needy. When you torment them, when you torture them, when you take their things, when you uh, steal from them, you are under the watch of God. God watches you. And is the one who avenges for them. Yeah. So he says, Who said to you, husbands, bring now that we may drink? The Lord God has sworn by his holiness. Behold, the days are coming upon you when they will take you away with meat hooks. Hmm? And the last of you with fish hooks, you will go through breaches in the walls. Each one straight before her. And you'll be cast to Hammon, declares the Lord. Enter Bethel and transgress. In Gilgal, Multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning. Your tithe every three days. Offer a thanks offering also from which is living. And proclaim free wills, make them known. For you, for so you love to do, you sons of Israel. He's telling them, declares the Lord, 
But I gave you also cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places, yet you have not returned to me. I have tried to teach you a lesson. I've brought some luck, but you don't come back to me. I've tried to give you warnings. You know, in life, there are some things that you go through that may be tough, and it's a warning from God. There's some suffering that you may be going through even right now, for you who is listening. And it's a warning from God. God's trying to tell you, get back, you know, the guy. Get back. Look back to where you have turned. Yeah, I am here. And all this chaos that's going on, maybe it's your workplace, maybe it's in your family. Yeah. And God's saying, give me the attention. Look to me because what is happening is because of disobedience, but you still don't return. And he's saying here, I've tried to uh, give Israel that image. I've tried to show them, I've taken them through something so that they may recognize that they need to return to me. But it's unfortunate they have not returned to me. He says, furthermore, I withheld the rain from you. While there was still three months until harvest, then I would send rain on one city, and on another city I would not send rain. He even went ahead to, in the same area, this city gets rain, the other doesn't. So they just keep on saying and talking and saying, hey, for us we got rain, for you didn't. They did not acknowledge, they did not know, they did not understand that that was a sign from God. One part would be rained on, while the other part not rained on and would dry up. So two or three cities would stagger to another city to drink water. Instead of returning to God, they would just drag, they say, let's go where it rained. But they would not be satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me. You've seen all this. You've seen the lack that has come. And you know it's because of the life that is disobedient. But you do not come back to me. You've seen. But you do not return to God. You've seen. That is the friends you walk with. The company you have. That is bringing you back. You had progressed in life and now you're falling. You had made it in life and now you're losing everything. But you failed to see that it's God trying to tell you, return to me. You just keep on running to those who may feed you among those. Give me something, I dried up. Give me some money, I dried up. Instead of looking to God and saying, I think I need to correct my life. They would drag and stagger to other cities to find water to drink instead of returning to God. Now God declared, I smote you. With scorching wind and mildew. And the caterpillar was devouring. Yeah? Your many gardens and vineyards, fig trees and olive trees, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I sent a plague among you after the manner of Egypt. Yeah? I even picked some of the plagues, like those that were in Egypt, and I brought them upon you, but still you have not looked to me. You have not returned to me, how do you get so blind that you fail to acknowledge or understand that God is trying to speak to you? And everything now we start saying we are being cast with somebody is out there bewitching you. No, sometimes it's because you have to listen. You have to be attentive and know this might be a consequence of this life that I'm living. And he says, I slew your young men by the sword along with your captured horses and I made the stench of your camp rise in your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and you are like a firebrand snatched from a blaze. 
yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Thus, therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel. Because you do this, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what his thoughts are, he who makes dawn into darkness and treads on the high places of the earth, the Lord God of hosts is his name. We need to return to God. For somebody that is out there, what we've just read gives us a picture that sometimes God is trying to speak to us through the things that are happening in our lives. The experiences that you're getting in your life. Sometimes they're a message. Not everything that is happening is because somebody is out there wishing bad for you and doing something to mess up your life. Sometimes it's a sign that God is saying, get your life in order. Get your life back in order. Get yourself in order. I want to speak to you. I want to help you. I want to walk with you. Return to me. We fall. That's a fact. But the problem is when we fall and we refuse to get up. And you're out there listening to me today. God needs you back. God requires of your life. God says, come back to me. Return to me. I am gracious enough. I am loving enough. And I'm willing to take you back as my child. That's a decision we need today to make to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for somebody who has been out there wandering, who had left your precepts, who had left your works, Lord. I pray for them to return. May you receive them. May you give them comfort. May you help them know that it is all about you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.